Okay, so uh, I guess first of all, Shkoyach to the anonymous sponsor today for the, this morning's breakfast, Lee Nishmas, Rabbi Menachem Mendel, Ben Rav Yosef, Shoshav and Aliyah. And with that, only Shavar Brach and Atzlach should go to him, whoever this is, and the whole family, the whole kilo, all of Kal Yisrael. Okay, so to continue to get ready for Purim, so one of the, uh, one of the, I've been mentioning that one of the stranger in Yonim of Purim is the fact that you can't really pin down what day Purim is. You know, obviously, you know, according to Chazal, major big cities without a wall. So Purim is the 14th day of Adar, right? Yudal. All of a sudden, Chazal were misakin that on Shushan, cities that are similar to Shushan, so uh, they keep Purim on the 15th day of Adar. Prach, that look of Chayim, so they have Purim on the 15th. Can we maybe ask them to... Okay, so this Indian of there being regular Purim on the 14th and uh, Shushan Purim being on the 15th, again, it's an odd thing. We don't find this by any other Yontif, such a divide between the days, between what Yontif is. So uh, we have to understand that a little bit in Pneum is what it's telling us about Avadis Hashem. Now we know just on a, on a, I guess, simple historical level, why was there such a difference? So we know that on the 13th day of Adar, right, that was, that was when all of Kal Yisrael in every city we're given permission to fight against our enemies, to fight against Amalek, right? That was the 13th day of Adar. On the 14th day of Adar, we rested from that conflict, and we celebrated uh, a yontif because of the, our victory over the Amalek in the day before. That's the 14th, fine. Comes Esther Malka to Achashverosh and says, I have one more request, that the Jews of Shushan should be able to continue fighting on the 14th, and they should uh, then rest on the 15th. And that's what happened. So another so Shushan Purim is, why? Because instead of just our, us fighting our enemies on the 13th in the Shushan, we continued fighting on the 14th and rested on the 15th. That's, and that's why Shushan and any city similar to Shushan celebrates Purim on the 15th. Now, to think deeper about it, it means as follows. When the Jewish people were fighting our enemies on the 13th day of Adar, that was an element of Mechias Amalek, right? In other words, who were the enemies of the Jewish people at the time? That was, they were the Amalek. And so our, our fight against Amalek on the 13th, our fight against Amalek, I guess, were in two, two parts. There was the initial victory over Amalek on the 13th day of Adar, and we rested from that on the 14th. That's regular Purim. But then Shushan Purim means that there was a deeper victory over Amalek on the 14th day of Adar, resting on the 15th. So in other words, so the storyline of the 14th versus the 15th, there being these two days of Purim, tell us that there are two levels and two layers of, con- of conquest over Amalek. There's level one to conquer Amalek, that's, that was the war of the 13th resting on the 14th, and then there's a level two conquering Amalek, which is the fight of the 14th resting, resting on the 15th. So in other words, instead of thinking of this as just a numbers game, okay, listen, you know, it's the same enemy, the Jewish people, most cities were fighting the enemy on the 13th, and Shushan happens to continue fighting the same enemy on the 14th. In Pneumius, we have to think of it in a different way. It's two different, it's the same enemy, it's Amalek, but it's layers, it's different, deeper dimensions of Amalek. So the first dimension of Amalek was being engaged and being conquered on the 13th, resting on the 14th. And the second deeper layer of Amalek was being, was being fought and conquered by fighting on the 14th, resting on the 15th. So regular Purim versus Shushan Purim are going to show to us, and there are different, and the different days of celebration, of different levels of Amalek and our, con- and our conquest over them. So we're going to find, well, that's what we're going to learn now tonight, which is, what is Amalek? What is Amalek? And 
What we're going to find is that there's two different layers to Amalek, two different levels to Amalek, and the two days of Purim are the conquest over those two levels, those two layers. Okay. But what we're going to do is we're going to first start with the Dvar Halacha, and we'll see from there where it takes us. Okay. So like I said, we have open cities celebrate Purim on the 14th, walled cities on the 15th. Okay. So in Marmokka number one, you have a Gemara, there's a Bryce in Mesechus Megillah, Dav Gimel Amid Beis. The Gemara, the Gemara records the following Bryce, a Tana. Uh, the teaching goes as follows. Samoch afal pish ene nira, nira afal pish ene samoch. Says the Bryce as follows. If you have a walled city, fine, so a walled city has perm on the 15th. And then let's say you have an open city next to the walled city, so they should celebrate perm on the 14th, different cities. But says the Bryce, the halach is, if you have an open city that's in close proximity to a walled city, it's samoch. It's Samach to a, to a walled city, or in theory, even if it's not next to a walled city, but it could be seen from the walled city. Nidon Kikrach, it has the same halachas as the walled city, it celebrates Perm on the 15th. So there's a Chiddush from the Brisa that although that the open city by itself in isolation is an open city and should have Perm on the 14th, if it's Samach, if it's close to the walled city, or it's not even close, but it's able to be seen from the walled city, it has the halachas of a walled city and it celebrates Perm on the 15th. That's the Brisa. Fine. Why is this? Why is this? Where is this, where is this uh, idea coming from? So there's a machlekes rishonim why this halacha is true. What's the idea behind samach venira, that a, a, a city with, within close proximity or visibility to a walled city has halachas of a walled city? Why is that? So like this, take a look at Marmukha number two, the Rajba. It's not just the Rajba, it's many rishonim as well, but uh, the Rajba says like this, v'tayma, the kol hasamach venira elov nami says the Rashi. The reason why Chazal instituted that even cities that are close or visible to a walled city have the halachas of a walled city for Purim is as follows: the kivan de mignu umichsu bekrach hamukif miymais Yeshua. The answer is is because any city that's in close proximity to a walled city is protected by those walls. Why? So he says like this: the kol shu samach venira any city that's close that's visible to a walled city. B'Shas Muhammad during a time of war, they are going to, to escape to the walled city and be protected by that wall. So says the Raj like this, what's the, what's the significance of a walled city? Why, why is that special? A walled city means a protected city, right? It's protected by its walls. Well, says the Rajba, that's the point over here. Even if you have another city that's not officially within the surroundings of the walls, but it's close enough, ultimately they're going to be protected by those walls because the citizens, when, if God forbid a war comes, they're going to escape to the walled city and they'll be protected by it. So in terms of protection, which is what the wall is for, they're a walled city for all practical purposes, because Lamaisa, they're going to be protected by the wall. So he says, And so they would have the same halachic status as the walled city itself, because again, what's the significance of the wall? Its ability to protect the citizens. Those citizens are going to be protected by the wall too, because they're close enough to escape to. When you have a city that's far away, so it's not going to help them, the fact that there's a, a walled city 10 miles down. But if it's close enough that they could escape to it, so they have the halachas of a walled city, the wall of the, of the, of the walled city, Protects Samach Venira as well. That's the, that's the Rajma. Okay. So it's interesting, I guess that's the Rajma saying. If it's, see, if it's, if it's vi- visible, I guess it's close enough that they can escape to. That's what he assumes. That's what he assumes. That's the demarcation point. It's always like this, you know. A mem saw, you know, the, the concept of, let's say, 40 son of because that's the amount of water that it takes to, uh, to cover a body. And if it's an ounce less, 
It's a Pasal Mikvah. So whenever Chazal are creating guidelines, there always has to be a demarcation point. So that's the demarcation point, Samach Anira. It's true, it could be you could have situations where you can see some, where a city that's visible practically can't get there. Okay, but that's the demarcation point that Chazal said. But that's the concept, that the wall is ultimately protecting any city that can escape to it during a time of war. That's the Rajma. Mitzat Sheni, you have another opinion of the Ran. The Ran, again, also Meseches Megillah, Daf Beis, Med Aleph, and Megillah, quotes this Brisa, again, that any city that's in close proximity to a walled city has halachas of a walled city for Purim. But he says not because of the Rajma. Again, in the Rajma that the concept was is because that wall protects even, even cities that are, that are close by. Says the Ran, no, 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 no. That, that's not the way to think of it. Says the, says the Ran, if you have a city that's close to a walled city, it's not a walled city. It's not, the, the, the walled city is the walled city. This is an open city. Never, so, what's the, what's the, so why is it that they would read Purim on, they would have Purim on Shushan Purim? Says the Ran, this halach is coming because of the chashivas of a walled city. The, Ran, the, the Rajma, for example, was coming from the following perspective, that the, the walled city is about its, prote- its protection. The walls are about its protection. So if you have cities that are close by, that will also be protected by those walls, so they're walled cities too. Says the Ran, that's not the idea. The idea is there's a walled city and there's open cities. But a walled city is chashiva, there's a certain chashivas to a walled city. The chashivas of a walled city is so great that even cities that are in close proximity to it sort of take on the halachas of the walled city expand and extend to places next to it because of its chashivas. So it's not the pshat that the, that the small city next to it is literally protected by the wall. It's not a walled city. But it just means that the halachas of a walled city extend themselves to places nearby because of its chashivas. It's like, uh, it, because it's so chashiv, it just overwhelms its surroundings. And it influences its surroundings. That's the idea of the Ran. Now to bring out this point and the difference between these two approaches, let me give you a few nafkaminas and halacha where this comes from. And you'll see that there's a number of achreinim that have debates about this halacha, and it goes back to this, this question, this uh, machlaikas. Take a look at Maramach number four, you'll see what I mean. So the, everyone's heard the chidah. So the chidah wrote a sefer called Bircha Yosef. Bircha Yosef is a sefer on Shulchan Aruch. So the Bircha Yosef, it's quoting the Bir Halacha in Tafresh Peches, says the following case. Let's say you have a walled city. So again, we know the halacha of a walled city is. That has a wall from the times of Yeshua Benon, so, uh, so it keeps Shushan Perm, yeah? Let's say you have a walled city, which has a wall, but we're not sure how old it is. We're not sure if it goes back to Yeshua Benon. Historically, we're not sure. So what do you do then? Okay, so it's a suffix. So it's a suffix. So the halach is, if you have a walled city, and we're not sure whether it's old enough to go back to Yeshua Benon, maybe it is, maybe it's not. So the halach is, it reads, it reads the Megillah both days. On Yudalit and Tesvav. It's a suffix. So you have to be machmer. That's the halach. Says the Birka Yosef, says the Chidah Chidesh. Let's say you have a walled city, and again, it's a suffix how old it is. So it reads the Megillah on the 14th and the 15th. What a, and let's say there's a, an open city right next to it. What's the halach of the open city next to a walled city when the walled city itself is not sure how old it is? So says the Birka Yosef, in the krach koro biyodal v'tesvav mi suffix. If let's say you have a walled city, and it's, there's a suffix about its, its, uh, you know, its, its age. And therefore, because of it, it has to read the Megillah on the 14th and the 15th. An open city that's nearby, it only has to read on the 14th. That's the chidah. That's the what's, the, what's the idea? So it is like this. Again, if you go with the Rajbah, that the wall of a walled city 
is just as protective for cities nearby. In other words, so cities near a walled city are walled cities. It's not a walled city. So then the chidah doesn't make any sense. The, if, if, those, if those cities nearby are basically, for all practical purposes, covered by that wall, then if that wall is maybe old enough, maybe not old enough, then everyone should just read on Yudalad and Tezvav. So what's the Chidah talking about? The Chidah's opinion is based on the Ran, which is that the whole idea of having an open city next to a walled city, and all of a sudden it has Shushan Perm too, is not because this wall sort of imaginarily, you know, sort of protects all the surrounding cities as well. The way to think of it, says the Ran, is no, no, no. This, the, a walled city is very, very chashiv. And the chashivas of a walled city is such that its halachas expand and sort of overflow to its surrounding areas. Well, says the Chidah, the chashivas of a walled city for Zhuzhamperm is only a walled city that knows for sure it's a walled city from the times of Yeshua Benun. If this, if this walled city is itself not sure of its own age, so it doesn't have the chashivas of a walled city like a Zhuzhamperm to, to a walled city. And so because of that, it's not possible to say, well, you know, so again, according to the Ram, the idea, was, the idea would be that only when you have a definitively chash of a walled city, which means a walled city from the times of Yishul Benun, that we could definitively say this is a chash of a walled city for, within the, the context of Purim. So now you have a chash of a city like Shushan Abira. So now its halachas could extend to the surrounding areas. But if the walled city itself is not sure of its own chashivas, and we're not sure if it's chashivas because maybe it's old enough, maybe it's not old enough, we're not sure, then, then it doesn't have the ability to, to, it's not overflowing to its surrounding areas for sure. Again, so if, again, if the idea is that the surrounding cities are walled cities, that this wall, whatever it is, however old it is, this wall, you have to imagine as if it's, ex, it's extending and protecting all the surrounding areas, okay, then if this wall may be old enough, then even the surrounding areas have to, have to, be, have to be considered a walled city that's a suffix. But that's in the Rajbah. In the Ran, that's not the idea. The idea is every city is by itself. But if this walled city is so chashif for Purim that it's a Shushana Biradika city, so then its halachas and its status sort of flows over to surrounding areas. But says the Chidah, but if this walled city is not definitively chashif enough because it's, it's not sure how old it is, so it's not the Shushna Biradika city. So then it can't. Then there's nothing to flow over. It doesn't have that chashivas, and the surrounding cities will therefore, for sure, not have to read anything other than the 14th. That's where the Raj, again. That's the machlokes over here. Take a look at, at um, there's another. Take a look at Marunaka number five. So this is the again the Birka Yosef, a walled city that in itself is a suffix, how old it is. So says the Birka Yosef. Because of that, then when you when you talk about this walled city, it doesn't have the chashivas that a walled city. As a, 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 a vaday walled city is more chashiv in terms of Purim than a Suffolk dika walled city. <laughs> Therefore, says the Chido, only a vaday dika walled city is going to have such a chashivas that, it, that its status is going to overflow to the surrounding areas. If it's a Suffolk dika walled city, it won't have that status. So in Bekrach, Korobi, Dalbatas of Misafik, so if the walled city itself is a Suffolk of what it is, then Akfarm, Hanir, and Vasmuchim, then the surrounding cities that are next to it, Korobi, then then for sure they only read on the 14th. Yeah. Yeah. So in Hilchas Purim, because that's the idea, the, an, an, an ancient city that has the chashivas of, uh, of, uh, of what it means, a krach. 
So in 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 in, in, in it's not just a matter of different cities. The, there's there's to it. There's kfarim. There's ayaris. There's mukaf and chayma. And to be a mukaf chayma in the context of Purim, and this, to have that status of a mukaf chayma, it means that you have to be masi shubanon. Once the city is given that label and that stamp, oh, you're a mukaf chayma in terms of Purim. That's a chashivas city, and then its chashivas sort of overwhelms its surrounding areas. But if that city cannot be given that stamp of mukaf chayma masi shubanon, even if it might have it, but if it doesn't have it certainly, with certainty, then it doesn't have that level of cheshivas. And because of that, then certainly there's nothing to overflow. And then the surrounding cities for sure would only keep on the 14th. This is the chidah, and the chidah is coming again from the perspective of the Ran, that it's a matter of cheshivas on the walled city. And once the, the walled city can be defined as the cheshivas city, then its status sort of extends and its halachas extend to the surrounding areas. But if it can't be defined with certainty as the cheshivas city, if you're, if you're, let's put it this way, if you're like a, a Rosh Hashiva Misafik, then you're not a Rosh Hashiva. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if there's a doubt to your Hashivas, then guess what? You're not Hashiv, right? So Hashiv means that you have to be Vadai. So if this city is a Suffolk, whether it's Hashiv or not, it's not Hashiv. So in Mela, the surrounding cities are not going to be overwhelmed by the presence of the, of the walled city. But this is, again, only in the Ran, where it's a matter of, like, this walled city being Chashiv, and it's Chashiv is overwhelming the surrounding areas. But in the Rajba, it, it's nothing to do with that. The, this wall is as protective to the surrounding areas as it is to the main city. So then the same doubt and the same halachas that you have to deal with in terms of this wall being uh, how, how ancient it is, is going to, you know, the surrounding cities are in the, same, are in the same boat. This wall is surrounding this entire area. How old is this wall? If you're not sure, then you have to read the 14th and the 15th. So it's a different, different perspective. If you take a look at Marmok number 5, the Chazanish disagrees with the Chida, and the Chazanish again goes with the Rajva, and the Chida says like this, says the, the Chazanish straight, very, very straightforward. Whatever halachas you're dealing with, whatever you have to do for the walled city itself, that same halachas apply to the surrounding areas. In other words, again, not like the chidah that, uh, you know, that, that, that there's a difference between them. If this wall, whatever the status of this wall is, you have to imagine this wall surrounding all of these areas. So if this wall is, is vadai shushan permdik, then everything is shushan permdik. If it's a suffolk, then all these areas are in the same suffolk. It, it's all the same. It's all the same. I'll give you another nafkamina. Let's say, this is an interesting one, let's say you have a walled city, and again, you know, next to it are open cities, but let's say in this walled city there is not one Yid. There's not one Yid. So there's no Mikr Megillah taking place in this walled city. As far as, Shush, as, far as Purim is concerned, like in the map in Shemayim, this walled city is just blank. It doesn't exist. There is no Purim in this city. So would the, but the surrounding, surrounding cities are full of Yidin. Would those surrounding cities have the halachas of Shushan Purim or not? So this is a, it's a debate amongst the Achrayim. It's machlekes, and it boils down to the same the same nakuda. Again, if the idea of cities in close proximity is what is that this wall surrounds all of them, then I don't care if the walled city doesn't have a yid in it. Then all the open cities next to it are also surrounded by the wall, and they have yidin, so they're Shushan Purim dick. But if the vart is like the ra, no, 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 the walled city is the walled city. The open cities are open cities. It's just the walled city for Purim purposes is so chashiv that its presence for Purim overwhelms the surrounding areas. Well, if this walled city does not exist for Purim because there's no yid in it, then there's nothing to overwhelm the surrounding areas for Purim. 
So then the surrounding areas will not be considered to be Shushan Purim Dika cities. So that's another Nafkamina they talk about. So there's, a, there's a number of Nafkaminas like this, but that's the, that's the basic, that's the basic Nachlagas. Okay. So now what I want to do is, okay, that's, that's all to the side. Now let's, um, let's investigate a little bit more, a little bit deeper, like what I said in the beginning, the two layers of a Amalek, and we'll see, and we'll see possibly how these Shidas that I mentioned before will relate to this. Okay. So it's like this. <laughs> Let's begin the process like this. Maramok number six. This is a piece from Rav Tzaddik in Rasisi Laila. It's on uh, page 20 to 22. It's a hodgepodge of a number of pieces over there. But this is how Rav Tzaddik says it. Rav Tzaddik is talking about the, the, the concept of there being nations in the world. Okay, nations in the world. And we know that there are 70 nations, right? There's Kal Yisrael, there's the 70 nations. And then there's such a thing that's called Amalek, which is Rashis Gayim Amalek, the beginning, the, the beginning point of all the 70 nations. So you have these, so within, obviously you have the Yidin, but outside of, of our world, within the category of, of the Umas so you have the 70 nations, then you have a Molech, Rosh Hashanah and Molech. So what, what's the, how do, we, how do we understand this? So it says something like this. The Kol Akum, every nation, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you outside a little bit, then we'll see it inside together. Every nation has its identity, has its personality, has its Indian, has its Indian. It's not just a matter of like, okay, this people happened to geographically and historically settle in this location and they became a, a, a sovereign nation in their own, oh, it's their nation. Every one of the 70 nations has its identity, has its midah, has its midah. Like for example, everyone knows that, right, the Rabbana Shalom giving us, he's about to give us a Torah, he offers a Torah to the nations of the world, right? And what does he say? So the, 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 the guy in uh, Asa says, what does it say in the Torah? So Rav says, it says, Leisirzach. Leisirzach, not interested. Why? So Maral, all this one explained. Because every, every nation has its midah. The essence of Esav is Ritzicha. So the Torah says, Leisirzach, it's not a shidduch. Right? Rav Nishan goes to Yishmol. You want the Torah? What does it say? It says, Leisinav. Not a shidduch. The essence of, 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 of Yishmol is Leisinav. So, so when we think of the nations of the world, you have to think of them as different midas, as different qualities and different yetzaharas to a certain degree. And now, that's number one. Now number two, these nations, once we, once we think of them in those terms, you can't, the next step is not to think of them as just isolated people outside of us. There's a piece, every single one of us carry a lot of these in Yana, right? So, you know, the Rabbani Shalom ultimately gave us those mitzvahs, obviously because there's a part of us that, that would fall into those traps, right? means that instead of thinking of the 70 nations just out there, the 70 nations are the embodiment of particular Yetzirahs, and those Yetzirahs also exist within us. So when we talk about, and when it, so this is, this is, by the way, also how to think of, let's say, for example, Sefer Tehillim. David Melech was, was involved in warfare his whole life, and most of Tehillim is talking about the tefillahs that he would say when he was engaged in battle. And David Melech understood when he was engaging in a particular nation, it wasn't just that nation, it was that Indian, that Yetzirah inside of himself as well. And if the Jewish people are struggling with this nation on the outside, it means we're struggling with that Indian on the inside. So every nation is an embodiment of a particular Yetzirah, which exists within ourselves as well. Those are the 70 nations. There's a Sefer from the Vilna Gaon, by the way, that, that he goes through all the 70 nations and all the 70 parts of the Nefesh that uh, need to be worked out, that can be, that can be healthy, that can be damaged. It's such an idea. So take a look at what Tzadik says. It's like this. The Kol Akam, again, every nation. If you had a nation that doesn't have its root in the Jewish heart, right? Then they wouldn't exist. 
Notice the, the reason why Esav exists is because in the Jewish heart, there is a piece of ourselves that, that is Ritzichadik. And Yishmol exists because there's a piece in the Jewish heart that also is, is, uh, is the Gilearistic. And, and, but if you were, to, but if, if you had a, uh, you know, if, if you had a, a, a Yitzhahara that didn't exist within the Jewish people, it couldn't exist outside of us as well. So he says, And that's whenever we're conquering uh, a foreign nation, it's ultimately coming from a conquest that took place in the Jewish soul, in the Jewish heart. When we collectively conquer that Yitzhahara in the heart, then automatically we take care of that nation on the outside. Fine. So that's every nation. So every nation is a, there's a Ritzich nation, there's a Gilirais nation, there's an Avadizar nation, there's a Shatnes nation. Yeah. It's all different nations. What's Amalek? Amalek is racist guy Amalek. So what's Amalek? So he says like this. This is the first layer of Amalek. V'sharash Amalek Shabalev. So what is the Mitzis of Amalek in the heart? Hainu heder hakar sanoicha. The Mitzis of Amalek is not any particular Yetzirah. And that's what makes Amalek so difficult to uproot. It's not a particular Yetzirah. Amalek is sort of, sort of, the inability of the Jewish soul to, to recognize the Bari Eilam, to see the Bari Eilam. See, once you have a blockage, once we have a blockage in our hearts from acknowledging and recognizing and seeing, so to speak, our Creator, then now there's room for Ritzicha, for Shadness. Now you have space for all of Harris, right? Because once the Bari is not in the room with you, Okay, now you're left to your own decisions and maybe you make the wrong ones in your own personal ideas. So the, there, there, is a, there is a force, there is a force in the world that is the prerequisite, that is allowing the opportunity for all the 70 nations to, to go crazy inside the Jewish heart, which is Amalek. Amalek means the some Indian in the Jewish heart that stops us from having the ability of, of seeing the Rabbani Shloilam and... And, and recognizing his presence in front of us. If the Rabbani Shalom is, is, is in front of you and, you and you see his presence and you recognize his presence and you want to be attached to him, then automatically there's no issue of Leisir Tzach and Leisir if all those issues go away. But if, you, but if, the, but if, you know, but, but if, if there's this blockage in what the Rav Tzadik calls Hakara Sanoichach, the recognition of the one that's in front of you, so then the problem is, now there's room for all sorts of problems. And even if you know there is a boy, right, but now you're already behind the eight ball, because it's a cheshbonus. You know, uh, we all know that, that, that that's the main problem. That's what a Molek is. He says like this. Again, v'sharish amolek shebelev, what's the root of a Molek in the heart? The inability to recognize the one that's in front of you. So to have blinders on the eyes, that's, that's what a Molek is. Kamashakasav, and that's what it means. Ein Hashem Shalem. That Hashem says that His name and His throne are incomplete until Amalek is destroyed. What does that mean, the name of Hashem or His throne being incomplete? The name of Hashem and His throne being complete means it being obvious and clear that there is a Bari in the world. An incomplete name and an incomplete throne means I know that there is a God conceptually, but I don't see Him. I don't see Him and I'm not drawn after Him. That means an incomplete name, an incomplete throne. That's the mitzvahs of a malik. That's the of a malik. Once you have that, once the name is incomplete and the throne is incomplete, means there's no 
clear recognition of the Bayre right in front of you and you being, you know, and, and, and having him as the guiding force in your life, now there's room for all sorts of other issues. Now you can have a Kanan, you can have a Chitin and a Mayri and a priest, you can have uh, all the other things. So he says like this. That's why he says, So what does the Pasuk say, for example, when, regarding, by Parsha Zoch, we read this, that what does it say? It says, the Rabbanu Shalom says, remember what Amalek did, right? And it says, and when the Rabbanu Shalom gives you peace and rest from all the nations in Eretz Yisrael, then you should destroy Amalek. So he says like this, Because when, when, when you're trying to become a good Jew, the, 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 there's, there's more pressing things to worry about than Amalek, right? Like the, the other nations which represent actual Averis and actual problems, those are things you got to take care of first, just you have no choice. So says the Pasuk, the first thing on the list to take care of just to make sure that you're okay are other things. Taivas and Kaas, all the different Iyanim that, that are represented by the other nations. Hamastir Naki. But when a person is sort of at peace and at calm from all the actual Yetzirahs in the world, but then the person can, can, can pay more attention and focus in on the root of the issue, which is that I don't, my eyes are, bl- are blurred. I don't see the Rabbana Shleilam. His presence in my life as the Bayre is not so clear. To, be, you know, to live a life where I'm always as if I'm standing before the king. And to sense Hashem in such a way that Hashem is in control. He's the leader, He's the creator, He's guiding my life. So in the, in the beginning of one's Avaida, you're overwhelmed by the attack of Canaan and, and, and uh, Emma and, and uh, Moiri and uh, Amain and Esav and you're dealing with all the eight Saharas and sort of you have no choice but to deal with the most, you know, with the most, uh, you know, um, you know, the, mo- the, most, the most necessary things that you have to deal with right now. But says the Pasuk, but when you're at a point of where, where you have some level of Yishev Adas and Menuchas and Nefesh, you're not being attacked from all sides, from all the 70 nations, now you can have the Yishev Adas to recognize and to contemplate, okay, what's the root of the problem? You know what the root of the problem was? A lack of vision in the Rabbanish, not seeing the Rabbanish's presence, that's Amalek. So that's how the Pasuk describes it. So that's the east side of Amalek. So let's go back to Purim. So again, so what is the Yantav of Purim? The Yantav of Purim is... A, a yontif that comes as a result of Mechias Amalek. And what is Amalek? So what we've just been introduced to now, at least the initial madrig of Amalek is, Amalek is the blockers, the blinds on our eyes that stops us from seeing the Rabbanu Shalom in a clear way, so to speak. Of recon- Not just that there's a concept of God, but that God's mom is real, and he's in front of you, you know, Shavisi Hashem Lenegdi Samit, and so on. That's, that's Amalek. So the first day of Purim, which is again, a, a yontif that's celebrating our victory over the, at least the first conflict with Amalek is going to be a yontif that's primarily celebrating the Jewish people's ability to recognize the Rabbanu Shalom, to see the Rabbanu Shalom, that God shouldn't just be a concept, but Amalek, the Rabbanu Shalom should be, should be real to us, that, there is, that he's the Bayre, he's the Manhig, and, and Mimela, you're drawn after him, and you're trying to guide, to direct your life in order to connect to that Bayre. That's Purim, that's Kavaldic, amazing. And as a result of Purim, so Rabbim, Amaris, Misyadim, even nations of the world became Yidin, there was a lot of conversions over there. There was a, there was a, there was a very, very deep recognition of the Bari Oilam. Very, very deep recognition. And I've spoken about this in previous Shurim, is that this is what makes the Yantava Purim unique in the fact that there was no open miracles. 
because I mentioned this for Tzedakah as well, when you have an open miracle, for the moment it might be a huge revelation. But once the Yamsuf goes back, then, then there's, no, there's no recognition anymore. But Yantav of Purim was such that it was nature itself, right? nature itself was shown to be also the guiding force of Hashem. So then even after the Yantav is over, you, you still have everything there to, to see Hashem Yisparach. So it wasn't like this, this uh, you know, force of supernatural things coming into the world and then once, you know, once the supernatural forces are gone then there's no, there's no uh, vestige left of it. The Yol Yantav is to reveal that everything you're seeing every single moment of time, which is nature, the Yamsav not being split, that's also from the Rabbani Shalom. So the Yontif of Purim is a Yontif where, although it's ironic, although there's no obvious miracles, it's a Yontif that's, that's extremely potent and powerful in terms of Shavisi Hashem Lenegdi Summit, of always being able to recognize the Bari Olam, because Purim tells you that you don't have to look for something supernatural to find Him. Whatever you're looking at anyway, and the things that, are, that seem to be governed by mathematics and statistics, those are the things that are also saturated with God's presence. So the Yontif of Purim is a Yontif that's celebrating Mechiyas Amalek, and because of that, it results in Shavisi Hashem Lenegdi Samad. Where is Shavisi Hashem Where is Hashem in front of me? Not with Kriyas Yamsav. He's in front of me when the Yamsav is, is doing its normal thing. That's the Chiddush of Purim. That's the Chiddush of Purim. But that's all stage one of Amalek, blocking a Jew from recognizing that there's a God in front of you. And so the victory of Amalek, stage one, means a recognition that, the, that there's a God in front of you. Fine. But now we have the next madrega of Amalek. Even after a Jew recognizes, okay, there's a bar oilam in front of me, he's not just somewhere out there, like I really, I'm conscious of his presence. I'm conscious of his presence. That's still stage one. There's a deeper level of Amalek that needs to be conquered as well. What's the deeper level of Amalek? So take a look at Maramokah number seven. This is also from Rasisi Laila, from Ratzadik. The Amalek Shuareshes Tegoyim. So he says like this, Amalek, again, we've established Amalek is the root. It's the source of all the problems that the other 70 nations sort of uh, draw their ability from. So he says, Amalek has a hidden root. There's a deeper layer to Amalek than even what we've just identified. So until now we've identified Amalek as what? Amalek is somehow this force in the Jewish, in the Jewish person that stops us from being from being conscious of God who's in front of us. And again, as the first day of Purim, we, we're, we conquer that and we celebrate the fact that, that we recognize God's always in front of us, even in nature, v'chulam. But then there's a deeper layer. The deeper layer of a Amalek is, even after a Jew is conscious and willing and able to say that God's in front of me, but there's still a you and there's still a God. There's still a you that maybe wants to do all sorts of crazy stuff, but you can't because Lamaisa, uh, God's in front of you. So that's Kavaldik. That's going. So if with that recognition, that's certainly a, a strong level of Amuna, and it's also going to stop you from doing anything crazy. Because like the like the Ramah writes in the beginning of Shulchan Aruch, right? What does he say? That if a person goes with life, Shavisa Hashem the Negdi Summit, then you're not going to do anything wrong. You're not do anything wrong. Why? Because uh, when you're in the presence of the King, you're not going to do anything crazy. So says the Ramah in the beginning of Shulchan Aruch. So by having Shvisi Hashem the Nekdi Summit, which is the first stage of Mechias Amalek, so there's no room for a Chiti and a Moiri and a Prizi and a Kadmi. There's no room for any of the 70 nations because Shvisi Hashem the Nekdi Summit. But that's still not a full Mechias Amalek. Because a full Mechias Amalek means to eradicate not just... 
it doesn't, Michisimo doesn't just mean in its deepest level to put yourself in a position where you, practically you would never even con- think of doing an Avera because the Rabban is in front of you. A full Michias Amalek means to, to, re- to, to be conscious and to, to, to become so part. Here, put this. The deepest level Michias Amalek is to remove the barrier between you and God to such a degree that there's not even a Havamina of there being anything else in the world besides Avaidus Hashem. See, even in this first level, where Shavisi Hashem and the Summit, there's a Havamina of something that's not Avaidus Hashem, but you would never do it because Shavisi Hashem and the Summit. So it doesn't really like, sort of enter your mind, but like, conceptually there's an idea. The deepest level of Mechiyas HaMalek is, all there is is Yud Kevavke and the Kisya Kavit. <laughs> that's it. And who are you? You're part of God's universe. You're simply part of God's universe. And so, as, as and, and, and what is keeping you alive? In other words, in the first stage, there's the Bari Olam, and he created me. And okay, so I, and I go on like that. And certainly there's a me, but I would never, you know, I, I, I'm so thankful to God, I'm so appreciative of what he does, I'm dependent on him. But there's still a me, and if, and if it would be up to me, I would probably want to do my own thing. I would never do it, because God's in front of me right now. But the deepest love of Mechiyas HaMalek is, no, 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 there's no you versus him. All there is is the Rabbanu Shalom. And who's, what, what's sustaining you right now? What's, even, what's, what's sustaining your thoughts right now? Just the Rabbanu Shalom. That's all there is. This is what we find this from again. This is a concept I've mentioned many, many times. That there's two levels to one's Amunah. There's what's called Yichud Tata, a lower unity. A lower unity is that there's Hashem Echa. There's a, there's a one God, 100%. But there's also a me. And I'm going to be a very, very good um, honest and humble servant in Hashem's kingdom. Why? Because I recognize that every street corner there's a, there's a, uh, a statue of the king to remind me that there's a bayrei. That's Shavis Hashem the Negev Sama, it's Gavadik. But that's not Yehudi Allah. That's first level of Mechiyas The highest level of Mechiyas is there's no kingdom with a king on top of it. All there is is a bayrei. That's it. It's Yehudi Allah. It's Yehudi Allah. It's Yehudi Allah. There's no havamina of thinking of a world that maybe you can, do, you can not serve the Rabbani Shalom, and I'm going to choose to serve the Rabbani Shalom. All of mitzias, mitzias is to serve God. And if I'm not serving the Rabbani Shalom, then it means I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that, that's, a, that's a, an imaginary reality. A real reality is a reality that's connected to God. And if it's not deeply connected to the service of Hashem, it's simply not real. That's the higher level of Mechies HaMolek. Take a look at Maramokim number 8. So this is a Gavaldiga thing. Let me give you an example, very quickly, give you an example of, of someone that failed, again, on their level, we're talking about Big Tzadikim, someone that failed on this stage of the second level of Mechiyas HaMalik. So yesterday by the Haftarah, we laid the story of Shol HaMelech. Right, what was the Maisa? So again, very, very quickly, we know the Maisa is, Shmuel HaNavi tells Shol, it's time to destroy HaMalik. So he does, except he leaves over Agag, the king of Agag. And that was... That was a failure. That was a failure. And it's amazing, right? Because Shmuel, Shmuel says to Shmuel, like, Hakim says, Hashem, I did it, no? And Shmuel says, no, no, no you didn't. I'm, Agag is still left. It's like, it's, a, it's like a funny debate. Like, what do you mean? Is Amalek destroyed or is it not destroyed? Like, what, what's Shmuel thinking? Again, there's two layers to Amalek. What Shmuel did by killing all the Amalek out except for the king is that he accomplished stage one of Mechiyas Amalek. Stage one of Mechiyas Amalek means that now there's no room for a, a Jewish person to live life without a, an obvious, clear acknowledgement that there's a bayre. 
That's amazing. And Shaul says, Hakim is there Hashem. No, isn't that, isn't that what you want? And Shmuel said, no, no, no. There's a higher level. The higher level is even wiping out the king of Amalek. There's the racist guy of Amalek, and then there's the racist of the racist. Right? All of Amalek is sort of the king to the nations of the world, and then there's the king of the king. The king of the king means when you eradicate the king Agag, it means that there's no vestige left of there being anything but the Rabbani Shloilam. Hashem is called Melech Malchi Amlachim. Melech Malchi Amlachim means there's Malachim, there's kings, that's Amalek. There's Malchi Amlachim, the king of kings, that's Agag. And then the Rabbani Shloilam is Melech Malchi Amlachim, the king of the kings of kings. So the Mechias Amalek in Shlemus means not just Amalek, where Shavis Hashem the Negev Summit, it's also killing Agag, where there's nothing but the Rabbani Shlom, Atkedekach, there's no, there's no even me trying to serve the Rabbani Shlom. All there is is, is just a complete natural, you know, natural process of Avodah Hashem. There's no even me. Now let me show you an example of, 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 of what Shol was thinking. So Tzadik says, Mar I'll tell you outside, and then we'll, we'll go quickly over here. He says like this, what was Shol thinking talking not to kill Agag? So he says like this, Chazal say, that from the children of Haman, because right, we know what happens, eventually uh, he doesn't kill Agag, and overnight Agag impregnates a woman without them realizing it, and Amalek regenerates. Right? That's what happens. So we know Haman comes from Agag, Haman Hagogi, right? And so Chazal say, after the whole story of Purim, v'chulu v'chulu, Chazal said, that Haman had descendants that also became Yidin. Says or something like this, Shoal has a sword, he's about to kill Agag. And he raises the sword up to cut his head off. But as his sword is raised to, cut, to kill him, Shoal had good eyes, and he senses at that moment a Yiddish and a Shama. And he wasn't wrong, because ultimately, Mibnei of Shoal Haman, the descendants of Haman, become Yidin. So he sensed a Yiddish and a Shama inside of Agag. And because of that, Shoal made the following cheshman. If I kill Agag, I'm a Ritzeich. I'm killing Yidin. I can't do that. And that was his final mistake. The mistake was, don't be such a tzaddik. Let's say the Rabbani Shalom. No, Shol was thinking, I'm supposed to be a tzaddik. No, aren't I supposed to be a tzaddik? And being a tzaddik means you don't kill Yidin. So if I kill Agag, it means I'm not a tzaddik anymore. And that was his mistake. Don't be such a tzaddik. You're serving the Rabbani Shalom not because there's a you, and you have to reach a certain stature. You have to get a certain, certain title. Your title of tzaddik. And then you're, then you're on a good, good, good terms with the, with the Bari Eilam. That's a first stage of Mechia Samalik. A tzaddik means I would never do anything wrong. That's what tzaddik means. I would never do anything wrong. And why would a person never do anything wrong? Because But the deepest level of Mechia Samalik is it has nothing to do with my title and my status. It has nothing to do with being a tzaddik. The Rabbani Shalom, Ratzon Hashem has to be fulfilled. And if Ratzon Hashem is that I should be a Rosh, it's also fine. It's not about me. There is no me. You understand? In the first stage, there is still a you. And you are the one who's serving God. And as long as there's a you serving God, then your objective is to be a tzaddik. But the deepest love of Mechiyas HaMalek is it's not about you. There is no you. All there is is Rabbanu Shlaylam. So does it make a difference if your official status is a tzaddik or a rush, is an afkamina? As long as you're doing God's will. And if God told you to kill, to, to kill Agag, and killing Agag means killing Nishmas Yisrael, and killing Nishmas Yisrael means you're not a tzaddik anymore, okay. That's what God wants. It's not about me. This was his final son, you understand? Of getting to that deepest la- layer of Mechias HaMalik, where it's not just being a, good, being a good tzaddik and never falling into the trap of Canaan and, and, and Chiti and Amen and Moyev. There is no you, Bechlal. It's all about the Bari Olam. It has nothing to do with me. Take a look at what tzaddik. It's just a Merdik how he says it. Huh? This is the deepest level of Shema. It's not, it's not about you. 
It's l'shem Hashem. It's l'shem HaTorah, l'shem HaMitzvah. It's completely l'shma. Yeah. So he says like this, Ula goidl ma'ila shol. To the greatness of shol, he was a big tzaddik. But ma'at tzad hara, shloi ha'yochel l'netzech ba'atzmai. But the last vestige of evil, of Ra, of a Amalek, that was inside of Shaul that he couldn't get rid of, was the fact that he was a big tzaddik and he wanted to be a big tzaddik. That was the last Nisayin of Shaul. And there's a Pusik in Kehelis that warns us, don't be such a big tzaddik. What does it mean, don't be such a big tzaddik? Are we supposed to be? Th- no. Your objective is not to be a tzaddik. Your objective is not to be a tzaddik. Uh, my objective is to serve the Rabbani Shalom, to make this world a dear betachtainim, to make space for God in this world. If that results in me being a tzaddik, fine. If it doesn't result in me being a tzaddik, it's also fine. It's, it's not about me. That's the last vestige of, 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 of a molek, is the desire to be a tzaddik. Alti tzaddik And he says in Marit, the good thing. But guess what? By the times of Shol and Melech, this pasuk didn't exist yet. This is a Pasuk in Kehelis written by Shlomo HaMelech. So that light, that giloi of Alti Tzadik Harbei, it wasn't in Adam Haza yet. So the, the concept wasn't rooted in the Jewish soul yet because that Pasuk wasn't written. In other words, again, when, when, a, when, a, when a Pasuk is written by Shlomo HaMelech or Kebet and David, it was that R that's being given Kalim in this world. This light, this giloi of Alti Tzadik Harbei, it, it, uh, it wasn't grounded yet. So he says like this, it wasn't known yet to the Jewish soul that there's an Indian of a Nisayan of uh, that, that, there's, that there's something wrong with wanting to be a tzaddik. There was no such idea. We're not talking about something bad. You, you don't want to kill a, a neshama. That, that, isn't that a good thing? Of course it's a good thing. But, it's not, but, but if it's coming because you want to be a tzaddik, that's not so good. Right? So he says, His whole intention was to do a mitzvah of a tzaddik. So what's wrong with that? So he says to Shmuel Anavi, Hakim Moises, Dvar Hashem. And Shmuel Anavi says, that's not what the Rabbani Shalom wants. He doesn't want you to be a tzaddik. He wants, the Rabbani Shalom just wants to live in the world. He wants to be here. It's not about you. You have to move yourself over for the Rabbani Shalom. That's the highest level of Mechiyah Samalik. That's Agag. So you have two layers of, again, Mechiyah Samalik. Stage one of Mechiyah Samalik, there's a bari in front of me. And because of that, I would never do anything wrong. That's the first day part. But then Esther Malka Esavachishvirish and want another day Mikhis Malik. Another day Mikhis Malik means to be Maicha to uproot not just Haman and not just Hamalk, but even Agag, which means that there's no me even. It's not like me, I'm only gonna serve him because he's in front of my face. There's no me. All there is is him. So before Amalik is even conquered, there's no God. All there is is you, right? All there is is you. Comes Mikhis Malik number one and says, Ah, now there's a God. Mechiyas Malik number two is, all there is is that God. Those are the stages of Mechiyas Malik. That's the first day of Purim, and that's Shushan Purim as well. So, so he says like this, in Maramukha number nine, where Tzadik writes again in Rasisi Laila, in Peace Mem Ches, HaTachlis, what is the ultimate Tachlis? The Tachlis is not to be a good boy and girl, it's to be a Tzadik. That might be the Tachlis in stage one of Mechiyas Malik. That's not the Tachlis, Tachlis. He says, Lias David Baruch, to be attached to God. Not in a way where it, feels, where it feels like you're connected to God, where there's a presence and you're doing the right thing and there's a slavas. The tachlis is not to have excitement in Avodah Hashem. But to be one with the Rabbanu Shloyam, to be bottled to him, to be nullified to him, that's the tachlis. 
listen, one of the, it's a shmuz by itself, one of, the, one of the parts of myself that I need God to dwell within are my emotions too. So just like I have my intellect and I need God to be in my brain, so I learned Tyra, I have my actions and I need God to live in my actions, that's when I do mitzvahs. So I have a heart and I have emotions and I need God to dwell within that, so I need this love as my advice Hashem. But it's not about me. It's about creating space and environments within myself and all the different layers of my, of my life and different strata of my life to allow God in. But it's not about me. And if I'm doing my thing in my Avedis Hashem and I don't feel excitement, okay, that's fine. That's, if God doesn't want to dwell in my heart, for, for, as, long as, my, as long as I'm not stopping it, you know what I mean? As long as I'm not the one that's uh, stopping the revolution from coming. If him on his own decides that he's not going to dwell in my heart, okay, that's his decision. It's not about me. It's not about me. That's called the ultimate Mechiyas HaMalik. So the ultimate Mechiyas HaMalik is you're part of God's world. So let's go back. Let's go back to what we started. We had a Mechlekes Rishayna. You have a, a walled city. It's Shushampur, right? Shushampur is the ultimate Mechiyas HaMalik. And we have this idea that even, op- even open cities have the same halachas as Shushampur, yeah, as the walled city if they're close by. But we had two different reasons in the Rishayna why. One reason is is because, listen, the walled city is so chashiv that it's just like sort of, it's chashivas overwhelms the surrounding areas. Okay. And the other reason was, no, no, no. All those open cities, like, they're in the walled city. The wall, the wall encompasses all of them. These are two different expressions of, of what Purim is, of Mechiyas HaMalik. The walled city would represent the, the, first, the first shita, which is these are, these are open cities, and there's a walled city. No. Happens to be just the presence of the walled city is so huge that it overwhelms the surrounding areas. That's stage one of Mechiyas HaMolek. It means there's a, there's a you. That's, you're the open city, so to speak. There's a God. That's called the walled city, so to speak. And just the presence of the walled city is so big and it's so overwhelming that uh, I would never want to do anything that's uh, not you know, in line with the walled city. That's Kavadik, that's true, but that's Mechiyas Malik number one. Then there's another level of Mechiyas Malik, is that there's no you anymore. You're just part of that walled city. That wall, which until now you thought it was over there, it's, it encompasses the whole thing. Hu Makam Yishlaim, the is is the space that we're all living in. It's not you, it's just him. So these two shitas, in terms of the relationship between an uh, open city and a walled city, and it's in Hilchas Purim, reflect these two stages in Mechiyas HaMalik. There's one stage in Mechiyas HaMalik where there is a you and there is a him, it's just his presence overwhelms you. Okay. But then you might still fall into that trap of, ah, I'm a tzaddik. I'm a tzaddik. The highest level of Mechiyas HaMalik is, no, 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 all there is, all there is is Pashat you. All there is is Pashat you. Maybe that's why, you know, okay, we have to, we have to be careful about this, but you know, it was the, it was the Chazanish. It was Machlekes between the Birka, the, the Ran and the Rajvah, also the Birka Yosef, the Chidah versus the Chazanish. It was the Chazanish that held that shita, that the walls encompass everything. The Chazanish was known to be someone that was no zikh at all. The Chazanish, for many, many years in Europe, like completely, he printed his farm. He was Mamash the Gadol Hadar, but no one knew who he was. Right? Why is this farm called Chazanish? Because Ish is an acronym, is a Rosh Hashanah, for Avram Yishai. Right? That was it. He didn't even want his name to be publicized, right? Chaim Oizer had to push him into, into the public, uh, public sphere. And even when he was pushed into the public sphere, it was not. It, the name of his name is Chazoy Nish, the one that sees, like a Navi. A Navi, right? The, the, the Nevim were called, you know, they had, uh, a, a Navu is called Chazoy Nishai, right? So Chazoy Nish, what's a Navi? A Navi is Nabuchal Nayu, right? 
You're just a vehicle for the Dvar Hashem to travel through you. The Avka the Chazanish is the one to reveal this to Paskin, like that Shita, that what? That all the, the, the open cities next to a walled city are included in the walled city. Because Chazanish is revealing to us this deeper level of Mechia Samolik, that all there is is, is not the Peshat, there is a, there's a Bayre, there's this, you know, this overwhelming presence of the walled city, and I'm just nullified, I'm just, you know, you know, it, 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 uh, it controls me. It, 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 you know, sort of its presence overwhelms me. That's, that's very nice, but that's Shavisa Hashem Lenegdi Samba. That's not Ultimate Chiyas Amalek. Ultimate Chiyas Amalek is Chazoynish. I'm just a vehicle for the Devar Hashem, and all, and all there is is the walled city. And that wall encompasses all the surrounding areas. And whatever the halachas of that wall are, it's going to include the surrounding areas too. There's no this divide between the Chaz of a city and the non Chaz but just overwhelmed. All there is is the walled city. Take a look at Marmokka number 10 just to end. So, in the, this is a sefer called Shevet, Shevet Mehuda. His father's more famous. You've heard of Rabbi Leiger, yeah? So, his grand, Kveger, Kveger's grandson, Rabbi Leiger, became a chassid of the Kotzker, then eventually the Ishvitzer. So, his son, Rabbi Yehuda Eger, so he wrote a sefer called Shevet Mehuda. So, he says like this, in Purim, it's just Gaval to give peace. So, I saw it, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to say over this piece, I had to come up with the whole shir to, to lead to it. So, he says like this, so as it could be, a person goes through Purim, and you question to yourself, what did I really gain from Purim? Okay, I did all the mitzvahs, all the mitzvahs I did, but what was I kaina? What was I kaina? See the words? What was I kaina on Purim? Yeah? So it says like this, A person has to know, if that's the question that's bothering you, then then even if it's not good, true, that according to the way you evaluate things and evaluate yourself, you didn't take anything. You took nothing from Purim. But you should know what is Purim. Purim is that you go into a space that's full of, full of aroma. You go into a store that's a, a perfume store, if those things exist. You go into a store like that. And even if you don't buy anything, but you're in the store for a few minutes, you come out, you smell different. You might not even notice it, but other people around you notice it, right? Says so that's what perm is. In a deeper sense, it's not about what you take from perm. That's the whole Indian of the The question itself, like, what did I gain from perm? What did I grow? How, how am I a bigger tzaddik as a result of perm? That itself is anti-Purim. That's, that's, that's killing off of a Malik, but not a Gag. And the whole celebration of perm is what? Is to destroy Haman Hagagi. It's to get rid of, not just Amalek, to get rid of Agag, of, of, of having a Kesher to Shushan Purim, to having a Kesher to like the, the, the Sheet of the Chazanish, that the walls encompass everything. It's not about you anymore. It's about being a kind of mitzvah, making yourself humble enough to allow God into your universe. And whether you feel it or not, whether you recognize it or not, you've been changed. And it's not about you. It's not about you. And maybe to a certain degree, it's even better not to feel. Ad lo yad, right? Those who drink on Purim until you don't know. So you would think if Purim is about being a tzaddik and, 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 being, and getting rid of a molek and now being able to keep mitzvahs properly and to be a big tzaddik, then you, you should want to have your, your meichen. So why would we get rid of our meichen? And the answer is, that's the biggest inyan, is not you, it's not about you. So he says like this, And of all days, it's that reveals this nekuda, right? it's called Shushan, the city of Shushan, but it's come from the word Shushan, which means a rose. Which is this idiom of smell that it's just it's it's engulfs you it engulfs you an aroma engulfs you it's not something you could point to it's just an atmosphere around you shushleimus kedushas purim and this is the greatness of purim to to 
to become to to absorb the smell and to carry that with you the rest of the year. You feel it. You don't feel it. The whole Indian of Purim is not you. It's the whole Indian of Purim. Lechem is called Yudim. It's not me. It's not it's just we're all together in this, just making a dear b'tach That's the of Purim. Again, these are the different madrigas in the Chiyas And as you see it in Hilchas Purim, a walled city, you could have a walled city and an open city. And you could have the open city saying, listen, I am still an open city, but I'm just, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not making any waves in front of the walled city. Or you could have the Chazanish love, which is, no, 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 all there is is the walled city. Those are the different layers of Mechiyas HaMolik. No, we should be zaycha to be mekayim the mitzvah hayon properly, both bepoyal, and the nefesh, and get to that place of making the rabbanish and we'll do in our lives.